Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama podcast. Today is Monday. It's a rainy, rainy day here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, But we are going to talk about something fun today. I always like it when we get to talk about birth um, as opposed to, I don't know, postpartum, child rearing. It's fun when we get to actually talk about the exciting stuff that brings babies into this world. So today I am joined by Richmond's own Joy Cranick, who is going to talk to us a little bit about hypnobirthing, um, which hopefully will educate you guys a little bit on the birth process, some things you can do to relax and some things you all can learn um, about how to bring your babies into the world. So hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the Latch Mama podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, business owner and tired mom of five. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, nursing, parenting, and all things motherhood. Hi, Joy. How are you? I'm great. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Well, thanks for coming. Um, we were just talking about the fact that this is kind of getting kind of back in the motion of actually doing things in life after the pandemic and, you know, testing our testing the waters a little bit safely, of course. Um, But yeah, thanks for thanks for leaving and coming out here. Well, talking about hypnobirthing is literally my favorite thing on earth to do. (laughs) So (laughs) I appreciate the opportunity to run my mouth about it. Um, All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about why don't you give me a little overview on kind of who you are and maybe how you found your way to hypnobirthing? Sure. So um, I became pregnant with my daughter. I was pretty young. I was 21 years old. But I was 21 going on 15, if you get my dress. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about my birth, and I decided that I would do the most obvious thing, the most logical thing, and I would get put to sleep and have a surgical birth. That Seriously? Was, that was my birth plan at the time. Hold on, like when you were 20, like you, did somebody listen to this birth plan and say this is... So my mother, yeah, so my mother said, that's a very bad plan, (laughs) and we're not going to do that. (laughs) And so she took me to hypnobirthing. She she signed me up, she paid for the class, she drove me, she stared at me while I attended the class, and she stared at me while I practiced my hypnobirthing techniques every single day. Wow. Okay, so was your mom like natural birthy like herself or so, so no she had seen a um a news broadcast about hypnobirthing like on dateline or 2020 oh, or some like, national tv show so she was like you're gonna do this and i was like eh. um <laughs> but it was easier to do it than argue with my mom that is so crazy that's, how that's I started so cool doing it. yeah okay so Okay, so you went straight from like, hey, I'm going to be knocked out. I'm not going to feel anything. It is what it is to I'm going to bring my baby into this world and I'm going to be totally in control of the situation, I guess. I don't know. I need to learn about hypnobirthing before I completely talk out of place. But so you went from one extreme, it sounds like, to the other. So not really. Um, So I attended hypnobirthing class uh, because it's easier to do it than argue with my mother. Okay. Um, I thought my teacher was... (laughs) Super weird. Okay. (laughs) I thought my teacher was super weird. I thought my classmates were gullible and into wasting money and delusional. But I did it because it was easier than arguing with my mother. And I never had any intention of an unmedicated birth. Um, And I still remember being on my way to the hospital wondering, like, how crazy am I going to have to act before I can get my general anesthesia? (laughs) 
And so my plan was to wait for it to get bad and ask for anesthesia because I didn't really, I was very uneducated, but I knew I didn't want the thing in my back either. Okay. So you didn't want an epidural. Right. You just wanted to be totally right. knocked out. I'd prefer the needle in my arm. And um, I showed up, I waited for it to get bad and it never did. So I did have an unmedicated birth, even wow. though that wasn't my original plan. Um and even then, I didn't really think anything was special about it. I just thought I was like a gifted child or something. I don't know. <laughs> so that's funny because that was kind of my experience with my first baby was that I just waited and waited and waited for it to get like I saw on the movies and in TV shows. And I wanted to wait as long as I could before I went to the hospital. And I knew I would at some point I was going to scream and, you know, push for as many hours as they tell you you're going to with your first baby. And I ended up having him in the backseat of the car. So it kind of seems like the same thing. You know, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for it to get worse. And, you know, it doesn't. Did you use any of the tools you learned in class? Um, Looking back, I believe that I did. Because like I said, I was practicing every single day. Um, I never made a conscious decision like, oh, I'm going to use hypnobirthing or I'm going to do these techniques. But I believe that I was. I think I was at that point, I was instinctively breathing and relaxing. Yeah. Um, Because when you practice every day, your mind and your body come to expect you're going to do it every day. And Absolutely. so when you need it, it just kind of comes up for you. That's a really, really cool story. I had no idea. That's really neat. So when did you decide that you wanted to share this with others? When did when did it become less hokey and more like, hey? So, so I had my baby using hypnobirthing techniques. And then I go to the doctor every year for my checkup. <laughs> and my doctor's like, you're the lady that did hypnobirthing. I haven't seen anybody since you do it. I've never seen anything like it. It was so amazing. I thought people were going to start doing it. I think it's so great, blah, blah, blah. And every year I'm like, shut up, dude, you're weird. You know, come on. Um, so this goes on for like 10 years. And um, finally, I left my doctor. I left the gynecologist one day after an appointment. And I went and I Googled hypnobirthing. That's and cool. um, there's going to be a training class in Nashville, Tennessee. And my best friend had just moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So I kind of took that as a sign, like maybe I should go learn how to teach hypnobirthing. And I was teaching alternative middle school at the time. Okay. So I kind of thought hypnobirthing would be like a good extreme opposite and therefore balance to my day job. Okay. All right. So you're so, like relax um, hypnobirthing versus middle school teaching. Yeah. Balance I was like, it out a little bit. I'm I like, like it. you know, captive audience, people that want to learn what I'm trying to teach them yeah. and aren't, you know, bouncing off the walls. Like that sounded kind of appealing. Okay. So did you go to Nashville? So yeah, I went to Nashville. I learned how to teach hypnobirthing. How many years ago was that? Um, I think it was 2012. Okay. June of 2012. So then you brought it back. Were you living in Richmond at the time? Mm-hmm. So then you brought it back to Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have been teaching people ever since. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Are you enjoying Do you enjoy it? I love it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So give me the layperson's like, if you had to like give the elevator speech okay. of, Hey, you know what? I'm pregnant. I don't know if I want an unmedicated birth. I don't really know. You know, I'm trying to decide between a Bradley class or, you know, some other sort of childbirth education class or like, why do I want to spend money and time learning hypnobirthing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, fear has a very negative effect on the physiology of our birth. All mammals have this mechanism where if fear is present, we literally hold our babies in 
And if you think about it, it's a brilliant design, and it was helpful to our ancestors many thousands of years ago when they did have to give birth in the woods with yep. bears around Absolutely. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not helpful to a human mammal today who's typically giving birth in a hospital and expected to kind of you know, produce a baby in some sort of timely manner. Yep. And not all, not all, but a lot of the problems that come up in the birthing room are just a result of this mechanism where our body is like, no, it's not safe. It's not a safe thing to do. Absolutely. And even if your logical mind knows it is safe, you know, it's happened millions of times. I've got the best care provider on the East Coast, birth without fear, rah, rah, rah. Your subconscious mind has not forgotten any scary stories that you've ever heard about birth since your own birth. And it comes up and it has a negative effect on the physiology of your birth. And so hypnobirthing is the solution to that problem. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I don't know. I mean, I think we've done such a bad job as a society, like taking the fear out of birth. I mean, you're absolutely right. There are so many places, you know, birth without fear, you know, you could have a great, great care provider, but it's so hard, especially in those, you know, 10 months you're pregnant to avoid any thoughts or any stories. I know here at Latch Mama, we always have somebody, at least one person that's pregnant in the office and, you know, we'll get, we'll get messages or we'll get emails from, you know, customers that for whatever reason, either their birth didn't go the way they wanted or they had, you know, some sort of tragic event. And it's like, you try and shield the pregnant person from those because you know that they can come up, whether it's, you know, days before they give birth or while they're in labor. Um, and if you guys didn't know, you know, fear definitely, you know, inner impacts your body's ability to relax and, and, you know, do what you need to do. So with that said, um, w- tell me a little bit about how the hypnobirthing class works. Is it a certain, is it, mm-hmm. you know, multiple weeks and multiple days? Like how long does it take to really understand and know the process? Yeah, it's a five class series. Each class lasts two and a half hours, and it is a comprehensive class, so we do what I call the conventional stuff as well. Okay. Um, you know, discovering your birth preferences, communicating with your care provider, positions for birth, ways to approach Stages labor. labor. Yeah, okay. stuff like that. Cool. So the basic function of it is to teach you how to stay relaxed during... Yeah labor is that yeah the two most uh significant aspects are you learn how to stay relaxed so you learn all these relaxation techniques and you're encouraged to practice them every single day okay even for five minutes a day but you try not to skip days okay um because everybody will say oh like the best thing you can do is relax but most people can't just show up to their birth and relax but you can learn it do you tell your story yeah okay i do i do um So you learn how to stay truly relaxed. And then with hypnosis, you manage the fear of birth, both the known and the unknown fear of your birth, so that it does not have the harmful effects on the physiology of birth on your birthing day. What happens in those instances where interventions are necessary? Mm -hmm. Do you give tips? and techniques on how to manage the fears because I assume you talk about interventions and I assume you talk about how you know they can cascade upon themselves and how one can lead to another like how Mm -hmm. do you mitigate that idea with the fact that you still need to stay relaxed and accept the interventions that are you know 
many times medically necessary or sometimes medically necessary. Yeah. And I do emphasize that like most people that come to hypnobirthing class are there because they're hell bent on avoiding interventions. Mm -hmm. But we do emphasize that when interventions are properly used, Mm -hmm. then they can really enhance your birth experience. You know, so encourage people to be open to them if it comes up. And then we just describe like this, the standard uh, decision making process that a lot of people use, which is an acronym brain. Mm -hmm. And we really emphasize the intuition aspect of it, you know, because it's very important to understand benefits and risks, but it's also important to honor your intuition, which we refer to as your superpower in labor. And if you're, if your mind is racing and you're under a lot of stress, it's hard to really connect with your intuition. Um, so we just kind of describe the standard trouble, troubleshooting process or the decision-making process with high emphasis on your intuition, right. encouraging families to be open to what uh, their baby wants. We refer to that as baby's choice, like the baby does have some input on the birth yeah. experience <laughs> as well. Um, so we just encourage families to be open to it and... Um, you know, not feel like that they're not an active part of the decision and not accept interventions just because there's standard protocol mm-hmm. or there's yep. standing orders for them in the hospital, but to be open to them and open to their instincts and is also open to what they think their baby would want. Yeah. So you, you mentioned families. Is there a role for partners in hypnobirthing? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, they help with physical comfort techniques, which mm-hmm. we also talk about, and positions. And the the major role of the partner, and a lot of people, you know, find this a little perplexing, the major role of the partner as far as supporting the hypnobirthing techniques. Mm-hmm. So stay out of the way. Well, is to model the breathing. <laughs> okay. All right. So there's breathing techniques, there's relaxation techniques, there's many techniques. Um And we know that our subconscious mind does perceive how other people are breathing. And so if the partner is there, they're the closest person in the, you know, birthing person's life, and Mm -hmm. they're the closest person usually in proximity to the person giving birth, if they just model the breathing techniques, that is a very significant, massive amount of support to the person giving birth. And so they learn, like I said, what I call the conventional stuff, um, you know, massage positions, Mm -hmm. advocating for the birthing person and stuff like that. But they're also encouraged to practice breathing for birth every single day so that the whole family can show up and, um, you know, participate and staying relaxed. So talk to me a little bit about that. So breathing, do we slow breathing down? Are we thinking more about our breathing pattern? Like how, what does hypnobirthing teach about breathing so well as far as all the techniques it teaches you practice them in advance that's the big thing that you practice them and that they're effortless should you use them and then I tell people to show up to your birth yeah and if you need them cool and if you don't cool and one thing that I do hear from a lot of families is I didn't do anything you taught me it just never came up it yeah. was fine, and I didn't even have to do anything. But they were actually doing it the whole time? Maybe they were, or maybe uh, it's not as necessary when you're, there's truly an, an absence of fear at mm-hmm. the birth. Or, yeah, maybe it's just so second nature that they didn't make a logical decision to do the techniques, but they did come up when they were needed. Do you see 
you know, like as you go through the the five class series and stuff, do you see people sometimes change care providers or set their birth up in a way that eliminates more fear? Does that make sense? Like, do you see people changing maybe decisions that they had made prior to beginning the class and stuff? Occasionally that does happen. Occasionally people will decide that a different birth facility is better or a different care provider is more likely to support their preferences and Mm -hmm. and encourage the outcome and the experience that they're hoping for. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say that happens occasionally. Yeah. So what what would you tell people who, let's say, somebody's listening today and – Either they're on their first child or they are pregnant with their second or third or they they just want a different birth experience. What would you tell them, like kind of outside of hypnobirthing, just being around pregnant people and seeing birth outcomes and stuff, maybe the top three things that they should focus on, Mm -hmm. you know, going into? Um, I think the first thing, the most significant thing is that – the conventional wisdom around birth in our culture is absolutely bogus, mm-hmm. you know, and just so, so know that. And um, trust your body. Your body has a natural set of instructions, you know, so a lot of people go into the birth thinking like they need to do something. I actually don't need to do anything. Yeah. Uh, rather, you need to keep your head out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very well-designed process. Your body has a natural set of instructions. You, you really just show up. Absolutely. And the birth will happen. Yep. What, um, and I, mean, I, just, I think that that's such a profound thing to say because I, I feel like if you really, really and dig deep into all the different types of birthing, like all the different CBE classes or all the different, you know, techniques that either doulas or, or instructors can arm you with, it just literally comes down to the fact that stay relaxed and trust your body. Like choose a good care provider, put yourself in a great situation and then trust your body. Like ultimately, I feel like that's what we're all saying, correct? Yes, I mean, that's the that's the best strategy. Hey everybody, Melissa here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. Um, the weather is changing and it is getting colder out and I'm here to tell you that you do not have to get cold when you breastfeed. There are so many amazing solutions. I started this brand as a nursing mom myself because um, I didn't want to get cold um, at the park when I was breastfeeding my kids. So go on to latchmamba.com, check out our long sleeve shirts, our hoodies, um, our sweaters, and uh, definitely stay warm while you breastfeed this fall and winter. So do you also use hypnosis and hypnobirthing? I guess that, I mean, <laughs> I guess that probably makes sense, huh? Yes. Uh, part of the class is hypnotic sessions. Um, and I will also tell you that just like most of the conventional wisdom around birth and our mm-hmm. culture is bogus mm-hmm. and it messes it up. The same is true with hypnosis. Most of the conventional wisdom around hypnosis is also bogus. So when most people hear of hypnosis, nine out of 10 times, it is not what you think it is. So it's not like a, like a moving, like watch going back and forth. And then people go into this like crazy trance and right. Exactly. So all hypnosis is self hypnosis. And, um, like when you, a lot of people think of a stage show when they think about Mm -hmm. hypnosis. And I would say that that is real. But when you see a stage show, the people that participate are very carefully chosen. So like the practitioner will give some subtle cues and they'll watch how people respond to those subtle cues. 
and they'll purposely pick people to participate who love to follow instructions. Okay. Or they like get all the volunteers to come up out of the audience and they give subtle cues and they send people away and they're left with a small group. So they know. Small group that's consciously following directions or subconsciously following? A small group of people that they have determined really take following instructions seriously. So now you've got a group of people and you're hypnotizing them and you know that if you ask them to do something a little silly, that they would prefer to do that over not follow instructions. Okay. So it's real, okay. but it's not like an accurate portrayal of what we do in class or, okay. or what therapeutic hypnosis is. Okay. So what it is, is your brain waves slow down a little bit. This happens anytime you relax. Okay. All right. So if you're ever driving and you like forget where you are mm-hmm. or you pull up and you're like, man, that was fast. That's because of hypnosis. Okay. You have to pass through hypnosis every time you fall asleep. To go from awake to asleep, you have to pass through hypnosis. So all it is is your brainwaves slow down. Okay. And when your brainwaves slow down, your subconscious mind is more open to suggestion. Okay. But it's really funny that I'm getting this like really nervous laugh right now because I feel like you're going quickly into like the losing control. Like I I start to freak out when I'm like, hold on, hold on. on." There's this stage between awake and asleep where like somebody can tell me what to do. Like, no, no. Like, it's just really funny to me. Like, it's very, I don't know. It's funny. So if you're nervous about it, don't, don't listen to it. I'm not nervous (laughs) about it. I just think that it's like, it's just not something that like really like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. There's something about the ability to be open to suggestion, Mm -hmm. but not be able to control said suggestion. You can control it though. Okay. Okay, So even though your subconscious is more open to suggestion, both your logical mind or your conscious mind and your subconscious mind always act as a gatekeeper. So nobody (laughs) can ever get you in hypnosis and get you to do something like divulge secrets or things that contradict your morals or values. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, if you listen to the television with Mm -hmm. commercials as you fall asleep, you might unknowingly... um, you know, let yourself be talked into buying no stick pans or something that okay. you wouldn't have That's otherwise been talked into. Is that why into? those are on at late at night and stuff, I wonder? Like why like yes. there's so many infomercials yes. in the it middle costs, of the night? It costs more money to buy a commercial airtime during the hours when they think people will be falling asleep wow. because they work better at that time. But it's not going to make drastic changes okay. to your personality or get you to do things that you seriously don't want to do. So all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Um, there really is no risk to hypnosis when it's done properly. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not the mind control yeah. scenario that so many people think it is. So how do you use it in class? Like, how does it work with birth? Yeah, so it's used for two reasons. Uh, one is to manage the fear of birth. So we do hypnosis for fear release. Okay. And that helps because your birth will unfold more smoothly. How does that in work? the absence of fear. The hypnotic session. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several hypnotic sessions that we do. Um, so basically, uh, you might um, sit down and look through the book of your life and your thoughts and on the what the book of your life and your thoughts <laughs> and hypnosis. That? <laughs> this, it's a concept. It's a concept that we use. Okay, in I'm, I'm totally not making fun. It's just, no. it's a very interesting idea. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to set up the, the session or the, yeah, the hypnotic session for you to get an idea. So how we do it? Well, let me start. Let me, let me go back. 
Um, first thing you do for fear release is you you list all your fears. Okay. All right, so you make a that list. That totally makes sense. Could be three things. Could mm-hmm. be 50 things. Okay. doesn't matter. You list all your like fears. It. Okay. And then you rate all your fears. All right. So one is like, this is superficial, but I don't like the idea of it. Okay. And then five is bad, bad, super bad. Okay. So you do that separately and then you come together with, and that's fear release. Writing okay. it down. Got it. Yep. Unloads it, right? Okay. And then... You come together with your partner and you each discuss each of the things that's on each of y'all's list. Perfect. And that's fear release. Talking talking mm-hmm. to your partner helps with fear release. It helps your partner support you when they know what your concerns are. And then a lot of times your partner has practical ideas that can help ease your mind too. And so then the third step is in class, we do this fear release session. Okay. And it's, it's, very, it's very long and detailed, but the, the meat of it is... You you sit down and you look at the book of your life and your thoughts. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> is this is this like a book or is this like you in s- your mind? You see it in hypnosis, or I ask you to imagine it in hypnosis. Got it. Okay, imagine. It. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay. And your um, book. Hold on, your book of what? The book of your life and your thoughts. The book of your life and your thoughts. So you think back on your life and your current thoughts mm-hmm. okay so you're asked to pick, to flip through the book in hypnosis but it's not a real book it's it's, it's in your mind it's real it's not a physical book but it's real okay all right i'm sorry okay it's real it's real but it's not an actual physical like no i don't bag. hand you like yeah, a big I, fat I, I kind of thought that there was like a like an arts and crafts project at the beginning, like where you like, you know, like that first day of kindergarten where it's like all about me. Okay, but it is all about you, but it's just in your in right, your brain. Right. Okay, okay, I got it. All right, so you're in hypnosis, you're flipping through the book of your life and your thoughts and you find pages. <laughs> I love you. Okay. <laughs> you find pages that show images that depict fear or concerns around birthing or parenting. Okay. In the book of your life, your thoughts. And then you... Um, take a good look at it. You see it for what it is. You take all the color out of the image. You watch it fade and disappear into the page. You rip the book out of, you rip the page out of the book of your life and your thoughts. You crumple it up. You set it aside. We go on like this for a few minutes. And then you burn all your wadded up pieces of paper and watch the pages that previously held the fears and limiting thoughts about birthing and parenting turn to ash and blow over the landscape of your mind and be gone forever oh so, whoa <laughs> this is fantastic okay and right. and so that is okay. how you go away you arrive at your birth uh free of the unconscious fear or the subconscious fear. Okay, because in a in. hypnotic state, you're going to come up with more fears than you would have over dinner with your partner while you're writing them down. Maybe, maybe more or maybe less. You know, so some people in hypnosis are like, man, I just kept thinking of stuff, stuff I never thought of before. It just kept coming up. That's cool because that's what's in your subconscious and that's what you need to handle. Um, and then some people are like, you know, I had 20 things on my list and I can only think of three. But that's cool because what's meant to come up in hypnosis will come up for you. Okay. So how do you slow the brain down? Like, how does that for like, can you give me like an overview? Like, did you have to learn how to do this? Yeah. So like there's dozens of, um, there's dozens of techniques in class. We just use relaxation prompts, you know, so I go on and on about how the muscles in your eyes feel heavy Mm -hmm. and you're free of any need to do anything and the relaxation just down your body. So in, in hypnobirthing, we just use relaxation prompting to initiate the hypnosis. Does it work for everybody? Yes. Okay. So when people say that they cannot be hypnotized, 
They say that because they're expecting like something remarkable to happen. Okay. All right. But a lot of times it really is just as simple as closing your eyes and relaxing and listening. And there's no right or wrong way to experience hypnosis, you know? So like if you fall asleep, it's okay. You know, it's, a, it, fall asleep it's sometimes. occasionally. So since I've been doing it virtually, I've had a couple people like fall asleep. Um, it's <laughs> rare. It's <laughs> rare that they fall asleep. A lot of people report during long sessions that they did feel like they fell asleep at some point. Um, but that's because a lot of times in hypnosis, you're not totally aware. I mean, your mind is on guard and your mm-hmm. your mind is looking out for you and keeping you safe. But if you're relaxed enough, you're not um, consciously remembering every aspect of the, the session necessarily. So it was a question. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going back to like the lighting, um, the fire, balling up the stuff oh, and having it go out like in the pasture or wherever. Like does everybody lands- light? Over does the landscape, landscape of your mind forever. Landscape of the mind forever. forever okay. Right. Do, do you like talk through like, cause I'm back to like, how is the fire lit? Is the fire lit with matches? Is it like, oh, is it like a bonfire I, yeah, I or do. is it a fireplace <laughs> or like, what does my landscape look like? Is They're, it my old house? Is it my new house? You know, is the dog out there like I'm I'm back to like the details like I'm in there so yes the, the details are included in the hypnotic okay session. so like you strike a match and you put well like, actually you throw a disposable tote bag into, <laughs> into a cabinet which is actually a chute similar to a laundry chute which turns into a hold on wait. <laughs> seriously yeah which turns into an incinerator yeah that's one hypnotic session that we do for fairly so there's also fan- one with okay. the um movie of your life and your thoughts which is similar but different there's one with a hot air balloon where you toss your worries over the edge of a hot air balloon so the hot air balloon can rise and you can see the beautiful scenery so there's lots of different there's lots of different you get to choose or you just go through all of them and all the classes um no you don't get to choose some of them you can do at home or separately yourself and some of them are just built into the class so if somebody like feels like they need more and more and more, they have the resources to do that separately outside of class. So if you're doing more than one, are the fears from like the first book of life and thoughts, life of, what was it called? I want to get it right. The book of your life and your thoughts. That's okay. not really significant. The, the book of your fear. life and thoughts. Once those are out, are those gone? Hopefully. They, they should be gone. They should be gone if for the next not, session. If they're not gone, they're at least not weighing in your subconscious Got the it. way that they had previously, okay. affecting the way that you respond to all stimulus in ways that you don't even know. Because our subconscious, yeah. we know our subconscious affects everything that we do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I 100%, 100% believe that fear is like the, like the number one I mean, other than medical situations and need for intervention is the number one reason why, like personally, I birth with a smile on my face because I am not fearful. I 100% trust my care provider. Like I just am not, I've never had, apart from having the baby in the back of the car, never had one ounce of fear from the second, you know, she walks into my house until she leaves and it has made these beautiful super easy i mean by the time i had number five i literally smiled and i had a baby so 
100% buy into that. And I think if you if there's a way to get fear out of the situation and to fix what I feel like society has done to like kind of the birthing woman and mm-hmm. just in general in society, I think it's it's amazing. Um, but I got to buy into the hypnosis thing, which I do and I do believe it. I just So by the time they by the time you get to like the last session in the class, can you tell a difference to people? Are people out of fears a little bit or are they deeper in yes. to ones that were so buried down there or how does it work? Yes. Yes. You can definitely see a transformation between the first class and the, the last class. Um, Cause part of it is also, you know, education about how fear affects the physiology of birth and you have all this work to do. Absolutely. It's going to pay off though, because you can enjoy what we call the normal uninterrupted birth in the absence of fear. And in addition to using hypnosis for fear release, it's also used to anchor some of the relaxation techniques that you learn. So some you just learn and you practice, and others are anchored in hypnosis. So we basically just walk through doing the technique in hypnosis. And that's helpful because, as you know, you know, the awareness that you experience during birth or the Mm -hmm. consciousness of birth can be a lot different than what you your consciousness typically is. And so, um, you know, a lot of times your, your logical mind is not a good, reliable tool yeah, for in sure. labor. Yeah. Um, so if you are experiencing that point in your labor where your logical mind is not really with you or it's not a good tool, it's not effective, your subconscious mind has become even more powerful. People have all kinds of words for it. Your primitive mind. Yep your primal mind, your birthing instincts, whatever you want to call it, your subconscious mind gets way more powerful. And if that happens, it can really help to have techniques that have been anchored with hypnosis because your subconscious is, you know, the techniques are saturated in your subconscious and it's much easier to use them if you're experiencing that. Do you ever accompany any moms to births as a doula or anything and actually perform hypnosis while they're laboring? So I do work as a doula, and I have I have um, done hypnotic sessions in labor with with people before. Um, that's when special circumstances come up. Okay, okay so it's not like uh, I can hypnotize you in labor, and that's not something that I, I generally think of as a good plan either. You know, because mm-hmm. birth is an altered state of consciousness, and hypnosis yep. is an altered state of consciousness, <laughs> and. It's, it's much more unpredictable Absolutely. in labor. Um, so you do learn self-hypnosis, and if you want to do that in labor, you know you definitely can. But most people say that happens for them anyways without yep. any hypnobirthing preparation. So it's really in advance that you practice the techniques and you get really confident with the techniques, and they'll just be there for you when you're in labor. And if I like, it doesn't really help to have, in my opinion, um, it doesn't really matter if your doula is familiar with hypnobirthing or not because the things that a doula would do or your support people would do are very simple things like put a hand on your shoulder or say a couple phrases. They're not things that require special skills or understanding of how hypnobirthing works. Absolutely. You're the one that has to get your baby out for sure. Right, right. And so when someone does the class and prepares with hypnobirthing, it's their responsibility to try all the techniques, uh, figure out which techniques they want to use and bring with them to their birth and then decide if they want to be prompted by their support people. And if so, just communicate to their su- support people how to do it. So the vast majority of the time, having someone 
really familiar with hypnobirthing is just it's it's not necessarily um, helpful or beneficial. The things that you would do to support hypnobirthing are so simple anyone could do them. It's absolutely fascinating. The mind is fascinating. The body is fascinating. So cool. It is. Do you use hypnosis any other parts of your life or like are you you just practice it? You know what I'm saying? Like is it? So um, I'm also a transpersonal hypnotist um, certified through NATH. Okay. Um, and I usually almost exclusively work with with childbearing people just because that's where my referrals come from. Yeah. You know, people that want to work on something specifically because they're pregnant and then their care providers like, Oh, if the care provider is familiar with hypnosis, they might recommend, you know, trying hypnosis for, um, usually behavioral changes or, um, one of the coolest things I ever did was hypnosis for placenta previa. And the mother had two previous, uh, births with, a. um, Retained placenta, and then her third birth, her placenta was born in like seven minutes or something like that after doing hypnosis. That's crazy. Yeah. Did she just stay relaxed and like, did, do you, do you know how? I wasn't there. I just got an email that said the placenta was born in seven minutes. (laughs) That's really, really cool. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that with us. I feel like I learned a lot, which means hopefully everybody else has too. Um, can you give us a little bit more information about where we can learn more and for local moms where they can check you out? Sure. So my website is joyfulbirthrva.com and you can learn about hypnobirthing and all of my services. And then the hypnobirthing website is just hypnobirthing.com. Um, also, I want people to feel free to call me on my phone. If they're curious, if they have, if they want wow. any more information, so my number is 804-337-7657. Hit me anytime if you have questions about hypnobirthing. Wow, I'd love it. to chat your ear off about it, it. Or, or give you any information that you need. Call Joy, guys. Do it. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you.